welcome to Art, Magic, and Medicine, the show about art, living creatively, and how we can use art and creative living to heal ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome everybody to this awesome episode of Art, Magic, and Medicine. I am super excited to be talking with Amy Irel today. Um, Amy's been on my wish list to have a conversation with for quite a little minute. And I'm going to just start by introducing Amy in her own really beautiful words. So Amy is a gatherer, a creative, a lover, a beauty seeker. She believes in the healing power of using her hands and her heart to create a beautiful life led by love. Art making is healing, grounding, and expanding. It is a way to find the truth. It is always, a, it, sorry, it has awakened Amy's gifts and has brought her back to herself. And that little intro is like, this is why I need to talk to Amy, because really this is, this whole art, magic, and medicine jam is really about how creativity, in my opinion, is the gateway through into whatever we're moving into. This is the only way through by being our real selves and creativity that's kind of self-expression and imaginative thinking and appreciation, I think is the key. Mm -hmm. And because we know we have to change things, but we don't know how yet. So when I see people going all the way in, I go, okay, let's talk. Oh yeah. And I'm so glad you read that because I have, I, I should go back and read that every once in a while because I forget, I forget sometimes. No, I forget a lot of times. <laughs> constantly all the time <laughs> yeah like and I and I should I should that sh- I should think about that stuff more often than I do I think life just gets like stress you know stressful and crazy and I forget like why I do what I do and why I love art making I love art making, mm-hmm. art, art making. and you know that's an important distinction to start with right there because I love I, I love seeing what other people make I like going to galleries and stuff like that, but I like the making. Yeah, the That's making. what's really, the, so long as my hands are moving, I'm yeah. happy. Okay. Yeah. So let's, will you kind of walk, walk us through, like the way you present that kind of tells me that you started your experience with art a little bit later in your life, that you rediscovered it. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it took me a little longer because I'm very, um, um, shy I guess you would say and so I started with male art like in the I think that was popular in like the early 2000s and it was like, <laughs> Boop, I was there <laughs> with my with my uh, art stamps and my <laughs> I I had little kids at the time I had three boys and my husband traveled a lot and we, I was kind of into scrapbooking because I had a girlfriend that was into that but like that like that exchange of art to me was like it was how I connected with other people. I didn't really have a big, you know, bunch of people around me at that time. Um, so when I found male art, that kind of got me into the whole like mixed media and just making for the joy of making. Mm-hmm. And, and then I started journaling and um, I'm, I don't, I think Melanie Ross was one of the first people that I like kind of came across in that whole genre and like, of journaling and I did some of her online classes. Christy Tomlinson at the time had some online classes. It was just like, it was so healing for me, you know, and I really gravitated towards the journaling part, but I was scared to death to journal because I'd had some past trauma around 
by uh, someone finding my journals and reading them and then like me being in big trouble as a child. So I didn't write and I'm, I'm a writer. Like I love that, but I didn't write for a long time because I didn't want anybody to see it. So I came to art journaling, like, oh my gosh, I can like say stuff without like saying stuff yeah without saying stuff so I would have these really thick like I would write and then I would cover it and I would write again and then like I look at some of those first pages and they're super thick I wish I could go and excavate them and see (laughs) like what I what was under all those layers but yeah that's kind of how I first so it was it was like the early 2000s but I've always been artistic like my parents we were very um they had a catering business we did like weddings I was in um and like we did parties so it was restaurant business always business you know family businesses and creativity Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah and business is definitely itself a form of creative expression for sure that I, I I actually like to talk about that too so as you as you so all right you said that it was healing so like let's just fucking talk about it <laughs> I was like, is it too early is it too no, soon no, to drop the f1 but the- <laughs> like a waste of time on the other <laughs> <laughs> we could work our way in with the freaking anyway um how did that show up for you how, what changed for you so you start getting engaged in this kind so to me mixed media has just baked in like just self-expression because you can make whatever you want whatever way you want you're not necessarily even going to end up with an image at the end it's really about just playing with form and color and texture and all that stuff so what changed for you how was that healing like how did that shift well when or how did it shift from like the or like what was it what what did you experience when like internally when you started diving in okay a little bit of my background and I don't know how like I'm not going to go real in depth and it's going to sound obscure but I'm a survivor of a cult I my mother was mentally ill and I was her caregiver um and I mean, you want to know all my secrets? <laughs> yes, all the secrets, Amy. Just uh, lay them out. Pulled me out of school in seventh grade, and to be her caregiver. So I, that was the that was it, and my life stopped. My life shut down at about thirteen years old. Um. So, I've had to heal that, and you know that's that. I I think. I had kids when I was super young. I got married to escape. Thank God I found a most beautiful partner. Um, my best friend, we grew together. Thank goodness. Um, but we had kids really young. So I was just like busy. I was like doing, you know, the mom thing and t- the, t- you know, continuing my caregiver. And um, I lost my mom to a drug overdose when she was 53. Um, and I really, I had to like sort some shit out. <laughs> like it was heavy and, you know, getting away from a cult like religion was super heavy too. And keeping my kids safe from that. Um, so there was a lot, there was a lot to like uncover for myself and to heal and to, um, talk about. And there wasn't, I, I felt really alone. I think a lot of people do. We feel alone when we have, you know, that stuff come up. And, um, so I just, turned to art, to journaling, to making and keeping busy that way. And it really helped me like find myself. Yeah. So to me, you seem pretty found at this point, 
<laughs> right? I've done a lot of work, but no, I don't feel like I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm just constant. I'm Sagittarius and I just never feel like done. Like I'm always like, <laughs> well, we're not done. Yeah, maybe not done, but you, but you, okay. So I know you through your artwork because mm -hmm. I've been, you know, an Insta stalker for quite a little while. <laughs> and what I see is nuance and trust and like just appreciating detail and i mean your work has this feeling to me it gives when i look at your work i get this feeling of groundedness and allowance mm -hmm. i guess mm -hmm. like, i feel like when i look at your work i feel like it's all right to make anything and yet your i mean your work is beautiful it's beautiful i love it and it feels like it includes all kinds of stuff. Like yeah. it, there's a room, there's room for everything. That's what your work kind of says to me. Yeah, and is. then, and I did your magpie's nest um, class, highly recommended, by the way, you guys got to take magpie's nest. I haven't done poetry and um, prayers yet, um, but I've done, did magpie's nest. And I saw that just that feeling of like all the little things, all the things that we are, there's room for it all. And we can, it's by creating space for all of this stuff and just a re, kind of rearranging the way that we look at it, mm -hmm. that it becomes beautiful. Absolutely. So, and that's, that, to me, that's what you bring. That's what you bring to the table. Thank you. <laughs> In, inclusion of all the, like, look, so, so I am fortunate enough to be, we're talking on a video. And so I get to see the, um, the, the wall, what do you call it? The uh, design wall yeah. behind Amy mm -hmm. with all these like, mark making and interesting shapes and interesting textures is like some some wire and paintbrushes and metal bucket i don't know it's just a ton of cool stuff so all of that information kind of comes together in yeah. your work yeah. and so i guess i'm just curious as you go along and you and you're getting more and more into just making this a part of your life like okay now you're doing art journaling and you're doing you know you're doing your things you got your stuff mm -hmm did it get easier did it help you to process and like sort of make peace with your experience by just working it through your hands or did was it like i it just doesn't matter anymore or was it like this is makes me more interesting it's, kind of follow me yeah it's helped i think in ways that i don't i don't even grasp really i think i I still struggle with feeling what is, and I think everyone does this too. What is my voice? What is my purpose? Why am I doing what I do? And I mean, for me, it's because I believe that everyone needs this outlet. Some, I mean, that most of us need this outlet somehow, this creative outlet that was taken. We've, all, we've had things that have been taken from us and to like reclaim, like one of my biggest thing was reclaiming my creativity and my writing and my voice my voice mm -hmm. i know we talked a little bit about that earlier too about like when i when i speak and i i get nervous and i say um a lot or i like i get clammed up you know i'm scared i'm scared to death of being hurt of you know? course we're shut down at such a young age and so i've you know i have moments when I don't have that fear, but there's a lot of moments in between that I do. And I don't ever want to say the wrong thing and I don't ever want to hurt someone. So I'm like so ultra like careful 
about that. So that comes through in my art too. I think that's why I love abstract and I love symbols and mark making and just that really gritty, like uh, young, like when we're three, the kind of things that we scribble on the wall, like that, that's what lights me up because that's like the true essence of who I am without all that other dumb stuff that people told me that I, you know, that I shouldn't say that or that I shouldn't. And apparently they're still telling you. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so, and yeah. so there was a post since you put it out publicly and I just double checked with you. This was absolutely something like, I was like, you know, this is so important. Yes, so you overcome this, this feat, well, you know, this, anxiety really about like just being who you are in public because someone might say something and then apparently according to a post on on instagram that you shared people do say things <laughs> and have feedback on um you know just see there i am so i uh, just your your style i'm gonna guess it was unsolicited feedback because i can't imagine you were like what do you think about how many times i pause when i <laughs> so and if you're anything like me i am thin skinned and so this is why i was like okay you shared beautifully about so go a, at amy irel and i will share this in the notes and everything so you guys can go check out amy because she's amazing but if you leave that post up it's just really beautiful the way you approached you know just your the vulnerability behind that and how you just when you got that feedback you became aware that that is just those hesitations are that moment where your inner child goes oh and then something wise and gentle in you says it's okay we can just keep going just keep going and that is so beautiful and it takes such guts it takes such guts because here you are a tender-hearted person and you're putting your tender self out there and it hurts when people have comments on it. Yes. And again, it, and I was starting to say, if you're anything like me, 99 people can tell me how much they love something. Mm -hmm. And the one person that's like, <laughs> or outright has, you know, a criticism on it. Oh my God, forget about it. It's like, just never mind. I'm never going to make anything. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because that's, it's, it is devastating. Like it is truly devastate it breaks down the um the spirit a little bit and you have to build it back up when that happens so, so can we just here i am telling you what you told me <laughs> so let's let's let me give you a moment actually just kind of talk about what was your process um when you got this this feedback about your your style so yeah, it was right before I went to sleep, of course. And this, you know, the, this is something that I tell myself all the time. Like, oh, you sit, you sound terrible. You know, when you we listen to ourselves recorded, we're just like, I don't sound like that, do I? You know, so I already do that to myself. I already know that I have that tendency, and so you know, it's it hurts, and you're just like, okay. You know, sometimes you get a message from somebody, you can tell they're just kind of having a bad day, or just like they just feel like being a little snotty or whatever and um but i went to sleep and then i woke up and i was sad because i was like you know i do i need to work on that i need to be better i need to you know practice enunciating and slowing down and so i was kind of being hard on myself and then i talked to my husband about it and 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 i just decided that i needed to figure out like what maybe where that stems from like why why do you why are you so afraid of being heard like mm -hmm. and so i kind of i 
kind of worked through that. And it was, it was just a childhood thing of like, be quiet. You're too, I was very, I was a firstborn. I was very like, I wanted to talk to everybody. I would go to restaurants and my, I'm sure I scared my mother to death because she had you know, issues, but um, you know, I would go with anyone. I wanted to talk and I wanted to like tell people what I thought of them. And I wanted, you know, I just wanted all this interaction and I craved it. And I think she just, it just scared my parents to death. So they really shut me down hard. And then the religion comes in with that, with like just the the doomsday and you know there's we're separate and there's you know so there was just a lot of layers of like why I suffocating mm -hmm. yeah like why well of course that's why you feel the way you do because you're not safe and so you know starting a youtube channel i did that when covid when i was stuck home with covid shut down i was like i'm gonna start a youtube channel i'm just gonna practice i'm just gonna I'm not gonna put it out there. It's gonna be terrible. It's my first try, but I just did it and I put them out there and I put it on there. And that was like my practice. And then, you know, Jean Oliver asked me um, to do um, a work. See, I'm doing it again, a workshop <laughs> <laughs> on um, her network. And I scared, I was so excited, but I was so scared. Was That's like, the magpie's nest. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just think it was this whole process of like realizing why I do that and then accepting it and being like, hey, that's totally fair that you feel scared because it's scary. It's a scary big world. And I do kind of protect myself even now. I'm not, I, I'm very introverted. I love my quiet time. I love being by myself. I, in, you know, I introvert and go in my little cave when I'm feeling sad. And, you know, I like, I like being with myself and yeah, so it does hurt my feelings, but I think it also makes me better. So that's mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I can take it and I want to be better. I want to, I want my, like, I want to help people come to this practice and heal their little inner child artist. And so it's worth it. Like it's worth it. Right. And that's, of course, the sunshine side of receiving a critique of any kind, whether or not, and, and no matter how it initially lands, there's often unless someone's just being a jerk mm -hmm. a, a nugget of something you can take in there and as you're talking i'm thinking to myself isn't that true for all of us aren't we all i mean we all have our own experiences and mm -hmm. yours are, are sound extra spicy mm -hmm. you know really fun um mm -hmm. but but that's what we do culturally to each other is we mm -hmm. silence we silence each other and and um and i feel like it creates so much anxiety Yes. in most people that I know and yes. especially if you if you tend to be I mean I believe everybody's creative but if you tend to like sort of put the creativity first and be sort of out there mm -hmm. um we're I think most of us have some level of that damage where we go you know go me it was my outdoor voice my yes. outdoor voice was always Robin no no bring it down bring it down I was like what so, <laughs> I was very enthusiastic oh. <laughs> and I'm always trying to be like, oh my God, just settle. I, I run this, my tape myself. And so if somebody says I'm too much, any version of I'm too much, I'm like, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I loved about what you said is that you articulated so well is that it's not like you just said it doesn't hurt because it does hurt. And it's not like you said it doesn't matter because or that there's no value in it because there is. And it's not like you said, we'll just push through because that doesn't work. No, it's like your process 
was he was noticing it just being present with what was going on with you and then moving forward from that place and just saying okay well here we are yeah. <laughs> and, and continuing on and but but with a deeper now you're deeper oh yeah and i did actually reply to that person via email and thanked them and told them yeah and this is why i do it and that was really healing for me too because i thought thank you for bringing this to my attention i thank you for seeing me even if it's mm -hmm. not the best part that i want everyone to see that person saw me and they that's 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 a gift that is a gift. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, actually, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I just received some feedback that, yeah, I haven't actually directly responded to that person. And I do feel I totally get it. It's like, yeah, I should say, hey, thank you, because actually I got some good feedback. I didn't take it super well. <laughs> but, but once I once the pot simmered down, you know, I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, that was um, worthwhile, what this person shared with me. So yes, thanking the person directly, boy, that's really taking the bulls by bull by the horns and just saying, okay, this is what we've got here. You know, and to me, the vulnerability piece, it's become a little bit of a hot word, you know, because I mean, I love Brene Brown. I love, I mean, I, I reference her in my brain like daily. <laughs> probably yeah. talk about her every day no maybe not every day but um her work comes you are you're familiar with her right yeah those of you who are not Brene Brown go just watch her 12 minute TED talk I'll, I'll try to remember include that too anyway her ideas about how living fully is it is completely inseparable from being vulnerable that we can't be both guarded and fully self-expressed. It's impossible. It's like you can't live in a safe room and travel the world. Like you, you cannot do that. <laughs> you can't just make sure everyone likes what you make and make something original. It, it cannot be done. So it's such a, uh, it's a vital part of the process. And I think maybe part of what we're doing as creatives and encouraging other people to be creative is giving the people around us permission to be vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, the most important. That's the most beautiful thing that I've gotten from the community of Instagram and Facebook and YouTube is that it's people like me that just, that just feel relief to, to create. And that's just such a beautiful thing. And we're just like, all like hyping each other up and like, Oh my gosh, yes, I see you. And I, I love what you make. And dang that feels good like that, that feels good isn't this an amazing time to be alive it isn't is. it absolutely incredible when i first started getting into the whole mixed media thing back in the days of like somerset studio and all that kind of deal and the internet was here but facebook had just started like there were websites but there wasn't like social media like there is now and for better or worse i i actually through instagram i've like met actual people. I never meet anyone through Facebook, but through Instagram, I've really like met like humans. And I'm like, oh, I like you. You're my people. <laughs> so thank God. Do you yeah. still have a YouTube channel? I do. Yeah. I have a YouTube channel. Oh, well, see, I'll have to go stalk you some more. Good. <laughs> the stalking continues. Woohoo. Yay. So you made the Jeannie Oliver um, mm -hmm. and which I'm sure was nerve wracking. Totally, yeah. She's because, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, because not only are you making a thing, but you're making a thing that you know is now going onto a pretty large platform yeah. that someone else, it's under someone else's umbrella. So they there can have like opinions about it. Oh, yeah. So uh, how did that, what was that process like for you? They were freaking amazing. Her, I mean, she just has it all dialed in so well. It was such a beautiful first experience. I don't, I don't think it could have been better. Like she has it all like lined out. This is what you do. This is how you turn it in. Like this is here. And, and her husband, Kelly. Now I live 45 minutes from, from Castle Rock. So I get to go to her studio. Oh, wow. So I've like been in their presence and their kids. I mean, they're just, they're, she's freaking amazing. She really is. So it was a great first, it was a really great first experience with that. She is really amazing. Yeah. I, I did some, some little mini workshop with her where she was like soaking paper bags and cooking things and making journals out of dyed things. And everything. and I was like, I just want to hang out. <laughs> you got to come to her place. Cause it's, it's amazing. It's just, yeah. So soul filling. Mm, see, that's what we're after. That's totally what we're after. But then you decided to do your own. So let's talk about poetry and prayers so, because it does seem a little more personal. And yeah. as much as I love Magpie's Nest, and I do, um, poetry and prayers has a flavor of like, this is Amy here. Yeah. That's it was, how it is more. I, th I think it's more how I work because I'm a person that can only, that I only take a few a few minutes a day sometimes or maybe 20 minutes and like right now I'm in a slump and I haven't really made art in a few uh, weeks maybe going on a few months so it's really more me like uh how I work so I work in little sections and I like for some reason it all just kind of comes together at some point but I really just put seven or ten minutes you know here and there and then all of a sudden I'm like oh this is what this is so that was really poetry and prayers and also using words in my art has, was tough and, you know, writing, um, there's so, that journal thing where people yeah, can read what you think hangs on, you know? And, um, so that's my process of kind of just getting some words out. Like it, I just think it's like magic, really. It's like, um, they just come through, <laughs> like the messages just come through somehow if you just allow it. So that's what I was hoping to get across with that. Um, and yeah, it was just, it's a, like, it's a short, you know, mini class, really. It's like an hour and a half or two hours long. So yeah, that's more how I work. And I think that's why it seemed more personal because that's really what I do. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love this like little, little bits of time. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely, I mean, uh, again, I'm going to assume that other people listening to this are also agreeing. <laughs> Because I'm like, yeah, I actually get a little weird if I have too much time. Uh -huh. So if I have like three hours, I'm like, what am I going to do for three hours? <laughs> but you give me 15 minutes and I'll bang something out, you know, like, okay, awesome. That means I'm going to sew these two little things together. It means I'm going to rustle through this one little jar. It means I'm going to rearrange something. Okay, time's up. Got to go pick up a kid. Got to go do whatever <laughs> the next thing. So those little segments of time, you really can create in those little segments of time. And it keeps you, it keeps me out of my head. Yes. Does it keep you out of your head? Totally. That's when, that's when my, I'm like the healthiest, my brain is the healthiest and most, you know, okay is when I'm doing something like that. So. Mm -hmm. That Something just popped in here. So did you go to art school? No, no. Do you get art school envy? 
I did at first. Yeah. But then I'm kind of glad I don't have that hanging over my head because I'm very, I'm very raw. Like I'm like a, a feral child. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, like I don't have a lot of the, that inner dialogue. I think you would, if you had art teachers and art school and a degree. So I, w I wish I didn't get a choice to go to school because of what happened to me. So I had to work through that because that does still make me really mad and sad. Right. Because you got pulled out of school so early. Yeah. yeah. So did uh, you um, did you finish high school eventually? No. Did you get your GED or anything? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just curious. Just yeah. curious. Yeah. But, you know, it just it wasn't. Yeah, it's just not part of it. So art school. I mean, maybe maybe I'll go back to school someday. I, can, I always say that. But I'm glad I kind of don't have that. Like, I'm just pretty rebellious right now at this point. And I just kind of. Well, yeah. And I mean, I talk about this quite a bit. And I think I've maybe mentioned every episode so far. But my husband went to 10 years of art school. Oh, so wow. he has a BA, an MA, and an MFA. So because he just wanted to keep making art was really what it was. He wasn't really ready to go to work. He <laughs> 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 kept going to art school. Um, but he, he literally cannot get any more educated in art than he is. So he, I live with him, obviously, and have for a long time. Whereas I, when I was slogging my way through college, which took me forever, and I was not a good student at all, I was a writer. So I got an English degree. I didn't even know I was an artist at all when I went through college. I liked to do cross stitch. That was the extent of my hands-on kind of stuff that I did at that time. And I loved to do my cross stitch. I always had to have my cross stitch around, but I had no idea. So now I can just see, and now I've been making art for a long time. And I actually, you know, it's a big part of my life, but I can see the difference between us. I mean, we're different people, but, and then I know lots of people just in my community that have their master's degrees or BFAs or whatever like that. And the difference does seem to be people who went to art school have a sophistication that I think you do get with that level of critique all the time and feedback and all and and just information. But people who didn't go to art school have freedom. Yeah. I'd rather have the freedom. Yeah. Everyone I know that went to art school is stifled in one way or another. They have to work through the stifling to get back to their own voice and some and with varying degrees of success. And some people I know went to art school and don't make art anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's like, yeah. that's a no, I don't, I don't want that. But I still think to myself, well, maybe I'll get my master's just so that I'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can still so that I can put it on articles. Robin got her master's degree, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but nobody really cares. Yeah, I was just curious about that. So but the way that you make art i feel what you called it gritty you called it feral um you called it young that's what attracts me and i'm sure other and i'm sure others but it's like yeah you still have the energy in your work which is really beautiful so what are you thinking about are you are you okay well when we first sat down we were talking about how much everything sucks right now so i will ask you right now are you do you have anything on the line are you making it or like are you setting anything any workshops up or any events or anything like that i i am actually in a slump right now and i don't know what else to call it i tried to write down some words but they didn't really come a flock what do they call it an artist block <laughs> yeah uh -huh. I, feel, I feel sad i feel the sadness for the last couple months with just i think the world like just everything and i just get so 
I get sad and, and I, and I have to, you know, I have to nurture that and I have to be okay with it. And so when I fight it, I get sick. And that happens to me, you know, I was supposed to go uh, to magic mirror in Chicago with Anka and do some like, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. well, my body just betrayed me. It was like, no, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that a betrayal. I would call it a loud voice. It was, it was, it was like, yeah. So and I'm so mad and I was fighting it so hard. And I was like, I want to go, I want to be there. I want to do this work, but I don't think I was in the place for it right then. And so it's just interesting how our bodies talk to us. And especially as I've gotten older and 48 now, it's like, it's, it tells me loud and clear when something is not working. And right now feels I just feel like I'm in a slump. Like I just don't have the joyfulness that I usually do. And I, and instead of fighting that, I have to accept it. And it's hard because, you know, when you're making ugly stuff or sad stuff, like that's not, it's not really cute. It's not not Instagrammable, is it? No, no. I try and I like try and push it. And then I get kind of quiet and and I just have to accept that's just part of my process. And I don't want to lose myself in that either like trying to come up with things for instagram or mm-hmm. youtube oh. i'm so adamantly against that and that makes it kind of hard sometimes it makes me quiet for three months on there mm-hmm. that that feels that can feel bad because that's not what they're telling you to do they're like you need mm-hmm. to no. three times a day with four <laughs> stories and make sure you comment on everybody and blah blah blah, 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 blah. But I'm in a slump. We don't care. Mm -hmm. Make something up, you know, and I don't want to get into that trap. No, that's when, that's when I will stop following somebody. Yeah. When they just start sticking stuff up there, just to stick stuff up there. I I just, I don't care. I can be snotty about that. It's my feed. (laughs) I don't got to follow you. (laughs) I want to get on there and, and engage with stuff that makes me feel inspired. And when I, and, and I would love. What I would love to do, this is my heart right now, is I would love to gather. Like, I think it's so important for us after mm. the last two years, like, mm-hmm. to be it together. Like, and I know Gene Oliver does that really well. There's like lots, there's lots of artists that do that. And I would love to get to that place where I know how to do that, like, super well. And I need where I can hold space for people and where I, like, I want, that's what I want. So that's, mm. that's what I'm trying to get healthy enough to do, you know? Do you have to get healthy first? I, oh, see, I feel like I do. And maybe that's just a little roadblock I put up for myself. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be the one who's the shining dazzling light or can you create space for people to come in and also be in the slump? I would love to do that. So are you, are you, I'm just curious, are you thinking about doing something like a, you know, a zoom gathering kind of thing, like a monthly something or, or an in-person thing or in-person because where I live is freaking amazing and healing and it's nature and it's trees and it's dancing around the fire and it's like moon and, and weather. And so I do want to get to a place where I can share that because like, it's amazing. What would it take? it needs my it, it's gonna be me I just have to decide because like that sounds really great and <laughs> you're catching that I'm like yeah would you do that please <laughs> like right away yeah the summer's think, coming <laughs> yeah I think I'll get there you know I might be three years from now um and I, I, I that's that's in my heart I guess that's that's mm-hmm. when you, what's it you know what are you working on mm-hmm. that's like my greatest 
thing in my heart. So, so like in-person open-hearted retreats, that's what you're looking at, bringing in. Now look how your whole face just changed. Right. Yeah. That lets you up. Do you have to wait three years? No, I don't have to. I'm just curious. So yeah, I do. I somewhat over like over commit for myself or expect for myself a lot and I overthink it probably more than I need to and so you know these conversations are pivotal for me to talk you know to talk to you about this and be like hey Mm -hmm. why are you doing that to yourself like just do it because that's what you do you just make the thing you just make whatever the thing is (laughs) (laughs) and I get the rocks and yeah see and one thing if we've learned we've learned so much all of us together these last couple of years but for sure that it seems to be a publicly um acknowledged fact that waiting three years we don't know what three years looks like i'm hesitant to book three weeks i'm like ish we hope i literally have travel plans three weeks from now and i keep telling people yeah we're hoping to go yeah. And until COVID, before COVID, it was like the five-year plan was a thing that I always felt really guilty because I couldn't do a five-year plan. But that was like, well, of course, you know what you're doing for the next five years. People who had timeshares that were booked out to 2020, whatever. I was like, how do you know what you're doing then? <laughs> now that is by the wayside. And I'm glad because that was always a myth. It was always a fantasy that mm-hmm. three years from now, everything will be exactly the same, except I'll have my shit a little bit more together. Yeah. All the good things would be lined up, but none of nothing will else will change. <laughs> you are so right. You're so happy, right? See? <laughs> like being See? present, like it's all we have is right now. Like it's I'm all just, right now. You know? mm-hmm. Like even Anka with her saying, Anka Gray, lo- love her. I wanted to go too, but I was just didn't. I didn't get a yes on it. And I was like, why not? But I just didn't. So, yeah, well, yeah, I'm hoping. She said, I'm doing it again. I was like, woohoo! But. <laughs> her remember her remember gathering but um oh shoot what was my point um oh man I had I got I got I got sidetracked on that but oh I know that she came up with it and just did it she was like I'm gonna do this thing yeah and she gave it enough time basically for people to book tickets and then and then it went and then it and then happened and she said it was absolutely magical which does not surprise me one bit and we are moving it seems to me uh, the thing I was cautioned against, the little critique was making blanket statements that include everybody. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little better about going, my experience is, yes. um, but it does seem to me that time has changed. And I'm not really sure how or why I have theories. I'm a little bit hippy dippy, you know, I'm actually, I'm a lot hippy dippy. So, <laughs> so my theories about timelines and why things have changed and consciousness and all this kind of stuff, but I have never been so personally aware until the last few years that this today's all I have. Yeah. And people say that because it's been given lip service forever, you know, be here now and all this stuff like, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, okay. But let's talk about next month. So, <laughs> but really today, this conversation, I can be sure this is happening because it's happening, but I don't even know about the rest of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And that I'm a Virgo, so that can be very unsettling to me. I like to have a, I, I do like to have like kind of know what's going to happen, um, but I don't know what's going to happen. And so I personally have used this as an invitation, just be like, if I get an opportunity, I'm going to probably say yeah. I'm going to say yes if it feels right. But I am 
I have personally shifted my, I used to go looking for opportunities. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, but that means a whole bunch of things have to line up and I might get the opportunity and not even want it anymore. And now things are coming, I wait for things to come and then there's pretty good chance it'll just all fall into alignment. And part of what comes is like these, these ideas, like wouldn't it be nice to have people dancing around the fire out there in your, in your woods area with a bunch of artists and you got an art table and you got tents set up and mm -hmm. you bring a porta potty in and a caterer and boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I you're, come? You're right. <laughs> And it's not that hard and that's what i mean just personally i've been playing with that i've been playing with that because it, doing it smaller sooner lighter quicker i wonder if we're moving that way the big juggernaut ideas and institutions and um cultural norms they're falling apart yeah. we're moving into these where we have to be resilient and, and fluid yes. so so do your thing <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyway, sorry. If I, if I, not no. telling you what to do, you can do whatever you need to do. <laughs> no, you're right, though. That's when the magic happens is when you just are in the moment and you just do the thing. Mm -hmm. And you go, hey, I know eight people that want to come to this thing. I'm going to call them up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just sag just a little bit because I'm also curious. Do you, do you show your work? Do you show your work in galleries or? No, I don't. And that's, not my so that's oh gosh i don't know that i ever would really it's not really my like currency i don't i don't like to be seen really it's <laughs> 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 not like the the outcome of what i make isn't really like the reason i do it so mm -hmm. it would be, i think it would be hard to do that for me you so you mostly work in journals then right no i do i do i do work on paper and canvas and um but mostly I would say books because they're more personal and I can like close them up and mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I was, you know, um, internet stalking as, as I have mentioned, and I was looking at a recent one where you had this just this morning where you had cleaned up your studio mm -hmm. and there's, is that those shelves that are right behind you? Uh, oh no, oh, yeah. that's my house. That's my oh, house. Sure. So you had this whole shelf of journals. Yeah. And that, so is that where most of your work kind of lands? Yeah. Most of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I did. Do you know who Tisha Moore is? Oh, you probably yeah. know. Oh, yeah. So I was fortunate to do a workshop with her. I actually did. I was at the very last workshop that she gave, which I had wanted to be. Anyway, I it was crazy because I didn't even want to go. And I totally got this. You have to go to this workshop with Tisha. Yeah. And I went and Tisha was the reason that I went. And I was glad I was I was there. And then she never ended up. Well, she maybe she will again. But after that, she had health issues. Yeah. So um, she brought her journals and no one gets to see her journals yeah. and just because it's all online you know she's and just to see them in person was really intense yeah. so i would just say i bet people want to see your stuff live <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean someday perhaps you'll be comfortable to put a few out at one of your gatherings and let people look at them because all the texture that's the one thing is like i always your work i've always want to touch it mm -hmm. i'm yeah. always like ooh, the, all the stitches and the fabrics and the lace and the paint and the marks yeah. and like those behind you you've got some mark making pieces with like the black mm -hmm. with the white or the black and white little mark making yeah. what do you do those with 
Those are, I think, ink and acrylic paint. Oh, is that one of your books behind you? I was thinking it was. Some of it. <gasps> but I do, you know, I, okay, it's funny. I rip up my books a lot. So I'll work and then I'll like this book, I usually like tear out of and put it into another book. So I'm like constantly like shifting books around. It's kind of rearranging. Like yeah, it's like all work. That's a big book. So I'm going to say aloud to the unfortunate people who cannot cannot see that. This yeah. is a large book that you're working in. Yeah, this, this art is like journal. a book that I found and then I've just been kind of adding. Oh, later. it's like a, it's a book that you're, it's a an altered book. Yeah, an altered book. Oh. So usually tear these pages out and then reuse them. But yeah. So what is your, what, what art forms are you working with the most right now? Um mark making mostly and yeah and natural dyes and natural natural dyes i'm totally getting into that um so tell me about mark making because i hear a lot of people saying that and yeah. i it challenges my imagination yeah it's kind of funny because you would think that it wouldn't but like well what marks do i make <laughs> I know. The, so do you like get a little stack of what do you what what's your process with mark making so i do love to build or use like um unconventional like mark making tools so sometimes i'll collect like from around the house like weird stuff like out of the drawers to make marks um sometimes i'll build mark making tools like i did that magpie's nest where we mm -hmm. built the, the brushes and stuff brushes, mm -hmm. yeah. and um but usually like oh lately i just it's i'm just on the edge so it could just be what's in front of me on the desk you know a q-tip and I take out old book pages or vintage um, paper, sheet paper that I don't care about. And I just move through it usually with some marks. And I like to do like black ink and I like to do um, like white resist and then add um, like tea or coffee or some kind of- um, Tannin. Yeah, something that makes mm -hmm. it kind of pretty. Like mm -hmm. there's like this really cool crinkly noise that paper makes when it gets wet. Like I love that. So I'm always adding, you know, some kind of liquid, you know, to the paint, but. Ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah, see, I want to, I want to play with that. Okay. Um, so I just want to ask, so, because we did start off with this sort of gloominess and then I get excitable. See, I see how excitable I get. See how loud I get. See how I talk too fast. And I do. <laughs> um, but can we just talk for a minute? Like what? what is hanging over you because i have a feeling you're not alone in it yeah feeling helpless i think it's i think it's easy to feel helpless right now like i'm not enough i'm not doing enough i'm not out there helping being enough of a helper you know i so here i ask you a question then i interrupt right but just yesterday i was like is it my job like it's a legitimate question. Like, should I be going to like the Ukrainian borders yeah. to usher refugees across? Yeah. Should I be on some Greenpeace ship? Should I be working with, you know, uh, Doctors Without Borders? Is it enough that I'm just dinking around in my silly little life in my dumb little studio making doodads? Yeah. Like, is that enough? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I kind of came to the conclusion yesterday remind me that i said this that it is That's because right. i'm i'm not being called to be a doctor without borders or to go help at a refugee community or i mean that's not calling me 
But yeah, yeah, that's true. But talking to other artists and sharing these messages as far as I can is calling me. Yeah. And making whatever just comes through me, whether or not it looks stupid, is calling me, mm -hmm. which it definitely does. And then I tear it up or paint over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and don't put it on Instagram. And people say, Robin never makes art. <laughs> so, <laughs> they don't. They don't care. So, <laughs> but what's what's been like do you think it's enough just for us to be our true selves is that going to change the world i think being love yeah i think it will i think it can i think i oh gosh this is a hard question because it's it's so triggering like being i'm around my kids like and i'm loved to them and i i show them compassion and i show them how to be compassionate to other people and to be helpers and to be wise and kind. I guess that's that's pretty mm. important. That's <laughs> absolutely. Hard. It's hard though, because it's sad out there. It's real sad. And I happen to we have our shop in a place that's you know it's inner it's inner city. It's like it's it's sad right now. It's yeah, it's rough. Mm -hmm. I even live, I live in a tiny little town in the center of Washington state. It's a totally isolated little oasis that until very recently was like a little house on the prairie community. It was just nuts. I moved here in my early thirties and I was like, you guys gotta be kidding me with this. Cause it's, it was so um, almost absurdly ideal. It's such an absurd ideal little town, but it's changed it's everywhere has changed we've got a lot of people that just don't have enough and we got a lot of people who are angry we got a lot of people who are divided we've got a lot of people who don't you know we can't get the stuff that we need or we that we think with that we need <laughs> and everyone's there's a lot of blaminess and a lot of hostility and it's just like oh my god and that's just my little pristine corner of the world and i i was like and i think to myself this stuff is coming to my little town that i live in which is really like was one of the last corners like we finally have a gang in town we never had a gang in town now there's gang in town there's tagging and there's all this and there's drug deaths and there's just all this stuff that we did not have until until things started to tip yeah. and but they're tipping and yeah it's there's so many opportunities to be hands-on and dealing with this problem and this problem and this problem but i'm like oh my god when would i be in the studio <laughs> and am i even the person for it and and I think these conversations are so important and like having a podcast and talking to other people and like knowing that we all are feeling this heaviness and this not enoughness and not like it's not it's it's the human condition right now and we can all love each other through it that's going to be uh, that's, just, that's all there is that's all there is that's all there is loving each other through it and this might be I mean, I realize I'm setting myself up for criticism here, but I rem I am actually optimistic. And yes, my life is good. And yes, I have lots of privilege. I will I will say that out loud. I have a lot of privilege. My life is good. So I happen to be on the on the really pretty secure part of the spectrum right now. However, when I look at the when I look at the big picture, what I see is that we're growing. We're, the humanity is growing in in love. I think we are. And I think what looks so insane, I mean, there's a lot of insanity happening right now all over the place on every possible level, really. But I think it's because we're becoming aware of the things that don't work. Mm -hmm. 
and we were ignoring it or we were just overriding it or we didn't have the resources like internally like collectively we didn't know how to deal with this stuff like just systems that don't work and it, massive imbalances and you know, just just dead ends we have all these dead ends but we didn't we weren't ready to take it on and i think we are ready now and yeah. that's why everything looks as ugly as it does because it was ugly it's been ugly you, it's you know you don't have to look i mean look anyway it's these things that we're looking at have been problems for a long time but until very recently the sort of the overall idea was well you know maybe a few people will tinker with it but mostly that's just the way it is and i feel like we collectively are shifting and moving into it no we can do this better yeah we can do that we can share our resources better we can be kinder to each other we can let people be the full human beings that they are because it's no shade on anybody else yeah. what how someone wants to be and we can let people have their spiritual expressions and their and their governmental forms um so long as they're not hurting anyone else mm -hmm. and we can be gentle and generous with each other all of us i believe now is that insane maybe and <laughs> But I really think so. Maybe it's just comforting me in the night. But, yeah. <laughs> but I really think that we're it's we're seeing everything we're seeing because we are getting better. Like we're growing and yeah. we're we're holding more love on this planet. And that's why it looks so crazy. I agree. And I think too that we have to remember that it that is not an easy path and it's not going to be easy to get there. This is going to be it's a it's a fight. Yeah. And it's well, okay. I think what we're looking at is a dissolution. Yes. We're dissolving everything. And I was just listening to some book and it was talking about this concept. It's a it's a it's a, a witchcraft concept, I guess, but it's called um, oh God, solve et coagula. Hmm. And it means to change something, you have to totally dissolve it and then rebuild it. So this person was just explaining this concept and I was like, I think that's what's happening. We can't just keep putting fresh shutters on a busted down house. It has to get taken down the ground. Now, that's where it sounds like, okay, how nice for you. You know, what happens to all the people, plant, plants, animals, and the earth itself while this happens? Well, that, you know, I feel grim about that. But the I... I'm holding on to the idea that what we're doing is we're witnessing the dissolving of broken systems yeah. and creating in its place more sustainable, more harmonious, more cooperative systems. I believe that. Yes. I have to believe that. I have to believe that. And yeah. artists, I, I think that we are, even if I'm not, even if you and I are not are drawing up the blueprint for better earth 101 mm -hmm. by doing what you do actively encouraging human beings to be everything that they are it it just keeps lighting the light and lighting the light and then one of those human beings is going to have an idea and have the courage to say the idea right you're so right and it's 10 of those human beings would be like well i don't quite understand your idea but it sounds interesting mm -hmm. we'll help you with that yeah. Like, I think that's what we're after. So that's my riff. That's my riff for the day. And um, yeah, so we have run out of our fabulous hour that we did much riffing in, <laughs> which I knew that we would. I just, I knew that we would. So I, I am so grateful to you for just spending 
spending some time with me and with everybody that's going to listen because you're just such a beautiful light. And I want everyone that's listening in, again, I will type this in in the places it can be typed, but how do people find you? How do they work with you? How do they know you? How do they love you? I have a website, amyirel.com, and then links from there. Um, I have YouTube and I have a bunch of free content on YouTube and Instagram. Um, it's probably the two best places to see what I'm up to. So, yeah. And the poetry and prayers is. Yes, that's on uh, Teachable, but you can link that's on, in some of the links on my website too. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very affordably priced. You guys go get it. Just go get it. Just go right <laughs> over there. <laughs> So I'll share that and it's just beautiful. So yeah, the only reason I haven't bought it yet is I have a list of courses I haven't finished. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I'm having to be like incredibly discerning right now. Like, okay, this looks good. We'll be retired one day and we'll be able to only <laughs> I should just add it to my list. Anyway, <laughs> anyway good. Uh, and it's Amy, A-I-M-E-E. IRL is I-R-E-L. So amyirel.com or at amyirel. But um, so everyone can find you and yeah. be delighted mm-hmm. as they will be. So you keep making everything you make. I'll make what I make. We'll right. just, we'll Spread shine love. our lights. Yeah, shine our lights. I love. Thank you, and, and you just get out of that slump whenever you're ready. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. Okay. Bye. Bye.